Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus. I'm here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. This season, we're tackling common challenges that teachers face every day in the classroom, from dealing with parents to feeling discouraged to managing homework and everything in between. This week, we're talking about a common problem, and it's what happens when your students uh, simply are not understanding what you're teaching them. Uh, You know, it might look something like this. You grade their test, you calculate the class average, and it's a 52. You stare in horror at the computer screen, wondering how this could possibly have happened. I mean, you explained, you reviewed, you reminded them 1,352 times to, for the love of all that is good, please, please study. But apparently they didn't. Your mind immediately looks for someone to blame. Someone besides yourself, of course. It's the student's fault. They weren't paying attention. They didn't care enough to ask questions. They weren't really trying. And apparently, they did not study. And maybe they didn't. But what if there's a more basic problem at work here? What if they didn't understand your explanations? What if they were so confused that they didn't even know what questions to ask? What if understanding this concept seemed like such an impossibility, they just gave up and quit trying? You know, we teachers often commiserate about things we can't control, like our students' work ethics or how much they study. But that doesn't do much good. Instead, we should focus on what we can control. And when students aren't understanding our explanations, we can do something about it. And in fact, we must. So the next time your students um, are not understanding something and you realize this either because they bomb a quiz or they bomb a test or maybe you're just noticing those confused looks or you go over a homework and no one got very many right, here's some things that you should do. Before we get into them, I want to point out a caveat. You really don't want to wait until you get to the test and they bomb the test to realize that there's a problem. Hopefully you've been paying attention all along and don't blow off those early warning signs. If there's a homework assignment or a practice that everyone misses a whole bunch on, something's wrong and you need to correct it there before it snowballs. Same thing with a really bad quiz. Um, So just keep that in mind and always be looking for clues of whether or not your students are understanding um, as you teach, as opposed to waiting for that horrible test, which we've all had, and it's just no fun for anyone. So uh, let's say that whoever you noticed it, hopefully you noticed it early, but maybe you noticed it late, you're realizing, okay, my students are not getting this concept. What should you do? Well, the first thing you should do, number one, is ask yourself how important this concept is. All right, if this concept your students are struggling with is a foundational concept that they have to understand in order to succeed for the rest of the year, you have got to take time and make sure they understand it before moving on. In other words, this is worth extra time and extra effort. But sometimes they're stuck on a super confusing concept that really isn't all that important. I can think of a few examples from middle school math of concepts that really confuse students 
and just are not that important. Like if I had to rank all the important topics from one to 100, this would be in like the 90s, okay? It's just not that important of a concept. Now listen, it has value. I wish they would understand it. But in comparison to so many other things that we're going to learn that year or I want them to learn that year, this one's not that important. So sometimes um, when students aren't understanding a concept, if it's foundational, we need to stop and park. But we also need to be aware and smart. And if they're stuck on a concept that's not as important compared to everything else, it's all about comparison because we know everything is important. We want them to learn everything. But if in comparison to other topics, this one's low on the totem pole, then it might be best to either skip it or simply minimize it. Like, I'm just going to put one of these questions on the test and, you know, the some of the students will get it, some won't. But, you know, I'm going to severely minimize it. Um, it just might not be worth spending time because here's the time. If you stop and park and spend three days on this one topic that, you know, is confusing and not that important, well, then you just took three days away from something else, right? So if you have the time, you know you're ahead, it might be worth it. But if you're, if you're not, if, if you're kind of behind or you're, you know, you're right on track and you know I don't have three days, this, this is not worth three days, um, then it's not worth it. So I, I'm just pointing that out to you because sometimes we as teachers, um, we like refuse to move on from something that needs to just be moved on from. We always need to be weighing the pros and cons. Is this more important than something later on or less important? And we can't fool ourselves into thinking we can do everything. We cannot. We have to prioritize. So that's the first thing to ask yourself. How important is this concept? All right. So let's assume, though, that it is an important concept. It is something they really need to know. Um, It's worth spending more time on to make sure that they get. And this is especially if it's a foundational concept. If if we're going to build on this concept later, You got to stop and make sure they get it. So here's some things you can do. Number two, explain the concept again. So that's where you can always start. If they're confused about an important topic, you can't just simply move on and say, well, they'll have to figure it out on their own. You you cannot do that to them. You've got to go back and explain it again. And as you do, here's some things you can do. And by the way, these things I'm about to say are things you should be doing all the time as you teach, okay? So these should be habits you're forming all the time but especially if students are confused. Um, You should be assessing their understanding as you go. So what I mean by this is as you teach, be looking for clues about whether or not your students are understanding. When you ask questions, call on students randomly, not just the one with their hands up, so that you can see if all students are tracking with you. Notice if your students are smiling and nodding their head in aha moments or if they're furrowing their brows in confusion. When students are practicing what you're doing, walk around and look over their shoulders. See if they're doing it right. You need to know in real time when they're tracking with you and where they start to get lost. And this is a skill to develop. But if you're not doing this, if you can't at the end of each day say, I know accurately say how well your students understood the lesson – then you need to start paying more attention to those clues. Um, So when you do notice that students are getting lost, stop and park. So when you're getting those confused looks, stop and slow way down, especially if this is something you're going over because you already know they didn't get it. So if you lost them here before, this is the time to stop and walk through the concept carefully. And once again, checking for understanding as you go and not rushing on until they're nodding with you. Okay, we got it. 
As you teach, you always want to connect the known to the unknown. It's a concept that was drilled into our heads at college, but it's so true. Um, For some people, this comes naturally, but for other teachers, this is something you have to do intentionally. You always want to connect what you're teaching, the unknown, to what your students have already learned, the known. This provides context and helps them better understand the new concept. Using examples and illustrations can make something click for students. So so try this. Ask yourself if you're teaching, let's say you're teaching about how marigolds grow. Ask yourself, what else is this like? Think about what else do they know that this is kind of like? And use that in your explanation. And you can do that no matter what the topic or what the subject. And then finally, along these lines, as you're explaining the concept again, follow the right order. This is especially important for skill subjects like math or writing or when you're doing complex science problems. You need to teach the concept first, then do it together, then have students do it on their own. It is a huge mistake to do one problem on the board together or even two problems on the board and then say, okay, you got it? you got to follow this order. So first, you teach the concept. You lay out the steps carefully. You don't just do an example. You explain exactly what you're doing. Then you work, the, you work a couple problems together as a class. So you're doing them on the board or something. And you're asking your students lots of questions. You're helping them think through the process as you think out loud together. Then finally, they need to practice on their own. But hopefully they're not completely on their own because the best thing you can do is have them practice during class and you walk around and answer questions and check for misunderstandings. So let's review. First thing we said was ask yourself how important the concept is. If it is important, number two, explain the concept again. And we went through a lot of details about how you can do that. Number three. Let's say you've tried reteaching and they're still confused. Then you have to find another way to explain it. So if the way you're explaining it clearly isn't connecting with a good percentage of your students, you've got to find another way. Sometimes you can think of one on yourself. But if you're stuck, if you're like, I can't think of any other way to say it, ask another teacher how they teach it. Um, And if you don't have someone in your school that you can ask or a friend, you can ask about it in our Facebook discussion group. And we'll link to that um, in the show notes here at teachfortheheart.com slash understand. You could also look up videos on YouTube to see how other teachers explain the concept. So this can be really helpful. But notice, I'm not saying to find a random video on YouTube and play it for your students. You might want to play a video for your students if it's phenomenal and you think, I can't, I can't replicate that. You know, this is, they say it's so much better than I ever could. Then that can be a great tool. But don't just find your topic and hit play because some videos um, on YouTube are doozies, okay? So uh, make sure that you've watched it, that it's a really good explanation. But also, you don't necessarily have to show the video. Um, it could simply be you watch the video for ideas of how someone else teaches it. If they teach it differently and you think, oh, that really makes sense, then you can you, you can teach it to them the next day using that method. So it, it can be a tool for you either way. 
Now, along these lines, I can't move on without telling you guys a little bit about a project I've been working on with my dad that we've been having so much fun with, and it's called MathLite, and it is math videos. Right now, we're doing pre-algebra concepts, and we're hoping to do more secondary, move up into Algebra 1 and geometry and everything later in future years. But right now, we have pre-algebra videos. And so if you happen to teach pre-algebra or even 6th grade, 7th grade, 8th grade math, um, and you need help sometimes. You feel like my students aren't understanding. We have teaching videos for pretty much every concept, uh, or at least if we don't, we should have it soon. Um, And the videos for pre-algebra are all available for free. And um, you can get those at mymathlight.com. So you can check that out. All right. So number three was find another way to explain it. Number four, another thing you could try is whole brain teaching. And whole brain teaching has a is a whole classroom management system and teaching system. But I'm not necessarily saying you have to do all of it, although you could. But one concept from whole brain teaching is to break up your teaching into super short, like think one to three minute mini lessons. So you teach each mini concept and then you stop and have your students explain it to each other. And it just, just takes a couple minutes. So you, you teach for a couple minutes, you give them a minute to explain it to each other. You teach for a couple minutes, you give them a minute to explain it to each other. So not only does talking about the concept reinforce what they're learning and make them more active participants, but when they're teaching each other, you can walk around and listen in on their thoughts to make sure that they understand and you can listen for any misconceptions so that you can correct anything um, where they're not understanding. And that's a really great way to us. Remember, we talked way back in the beginning about assessing their understanding. Um, so you'll be able to tell easily whether or not they get it. Number five, another thing you can do is use another format. So in other words, if you've been just talking, maybe they need a visual. Um, If you've been trying to draw a picture, maybe it needs to be hands-on or you need a model. I think in particularly of like certain topics, I'm thinking of the phases of the moon. To try to explain the phases of the moon without a model uh, is going to be difficult. So, So think about it. Is there another way that I can that I can teach this, another format. So maybe you need to draw a picture. Maybe you need to create a visual or model the idea, like I said, with something hands-on. Or sometimes, let's say you're having the phases of the moon and you're thinking, I don't I don't have this fancy diagram thing. Well, get the students out there and have them act it out. Um, so you can have students act things out. Sometimes for, for a lot of students, or even just if people are stuck, sometimes seeing something versus just hearing it or reading about it is all that the students need to have that concept click. Then finally, you want to build in time to walk around and answer questions. I've alluded to this before, but you really don't want to lecture from bell to bell, especially when you're teaching important or complex topics. You need to have time when the students are working, whether it's individually or in groups, and you are walking around and answering their questions, looking over their shoulder to see how they're doing, um, and providing feedback. This allows you to personalize your instruction and specifically address areas where each student is confused without taking time away from the whole class. So as you do all of these things, you're going to get better and better at explaining concepts, and you'll enjoy more and more of those rewarding aha moments. Your students will soon demonstrate deeper understanding and probably even enjoy your course a whole lot more. 
As your student's understanding improves, though, just one final thought. If the test average is still a 52, the problem might be with your tests. You might be making some common mistakes, in the, especially if you write your own tests, that make the tests confusing and skew the results. And I'm going to link to an article in the notes at teachfortheheart.com slash understand. Um, I'm going to link to a separate article that talks about eight common mistakes teachers make when writing tests that make them confusing. Or this could be the problem, and this is even worse. Sometimes I've seen assessments that don't match what you're teaching in class, which is a really big problem. Tests should always assess the most important skills that you're learning, the ones that you've been consistently teaching and practicing in class. Tests shouldn't be about random trivia facts that make a good question. They really need to gauge the the overall understanding and be about the most important topics. And if they're not, if it's not matching what you taught in class, you either need to change the test, which is what I recommend, or if for some reason you can't change the test, then you need to change what you're teaching. So you need to make sure that what the te- what you're testing and what you're teaching match up. Otherwise, no amount of your student studying will ever be- budge that class average from the dreaded 52. And none of us want that. So I hope these concepts have been helpful as you think about how to explain concepts to your students. And if this is an area where you've had trouble, you know, your students typically um, score low or you you just notice they are a lot, they, they're often confused or complaining that they don't get what you're saying, then definitely try these concepts and keep working and keep learning, asking other teachers ways that they explain things and to improve your skills in that area. But I think just following these things I suggested um, will definitely make a difference. But then be aware, this should be an area where you're continually learning and taking responsibility instead of just blaming the students um, for not studying enough. Thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate it so much, and I hope that you found this episode helpful. Once again, you can get the notes and links at teachfortheheart.com slash understand. And if you've found this podcast to be helpful, you can do us a huge favor um, by sharing it with another teacher friend or posting about it on Facebook or whatever social media platform you prefer. Um, Or also, you can give us, it's very helpful to give us a review on iTunes. And actually, if you're listening to this right now on Teach for the Heart's website, um, you can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. And then every week or whenever we post a new episode, it'll be downloaded right to your phone. Super convenient um, in iTunes or if you have an Android in Stitcher. And you can find out more information about how to do that at teachfortheheart.com slash podcast. Hope you all have a great week. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.